Hey guys, episode six of Before, During and After. Today I'm joined with Lloyd Ashley. Uh, Lloyd, firstly, thanks for coming on, mate. Appreciate your time. Um, if you can just give a quick introduction on yourself. Hey, Miles e, thanks for the time, mate. Appreciate uh, appreciate the offer to come on as well. So, uh, yeah, Lloyd Ashley, uh, professional rugby player in uh, for the Ospreys in South Wales. Um, luckily enough, I've been here for over 10 years. Uh, I think I'm up to about 148 games, just waiting for the two to take off 150 for the Ospreys. I've uh, been fortunate enough to captain the team on numerous occasions and uh, also own a business on the side called Living Well with Lloyd Ashley. Yeah, perfect, mate. So, yeah, congratulations, firstly, Lloyd. I've seen, just signed another contract with the Ospreys. How long do you sign for there? Yeah, so it's um, it's the option of being here for another two years, which is uh, fantastic. Nice uh, nice news for me and the family to uh, get those signed and know where we are for the next couple of years. Yeah, 100%, mate. You've um, you've been a one-club man, I think, um, if I'm right. You've been at the Ospreys all through the age grades and your full professional career. So, yeah, like you said, nice for you and the family to sign for those next two years. Uh, um, and, yeah, two games off the 150. Um, how, how you, you get that done by the end of the year? That's the plan? I hope to. Hopefully the head coach can hear us now as we're having this conversation and uh, he's picking up the vibes and knowing that the last <laughs> two games will be important to try and get to that 150. So. Yeah, perfect. Obviously, I am um, obviously being over here watching too much of the Pro 14 and all the season, all back to normal. Everything's normal with you. Rugby-wise in lockdown, obviously I know a lot of things are still under restriction, but how's that going, firstly? Yeah, we're still with no crowds, but um, we've been very fortunate that we've uh, managed to play nearly all the way through. We probably missed, um, during the end of last season, probably missed about three months. Um, but in fairness, the Pro 14 and all the associations involved, they got it back on track as quick as possible. And we've had uh, not far off a full season this year, which has been uh, brilliant for us boys. And I know a lot of people sacrifice a lot of things, so we've been very fortunate to have played all the way through. Yeah, 100%. But on the other hand as well, mate, with everyone obviously struggling, I'm sure with Wales being a national sport, having a bit of rugby on is is giving everybody um, something to do as well and, and watch on the TV. So, yeah, I guess that's a positive as well. Um, yeah, obviously, mate, you touched on the podcast before, during and after. Um, everyone's got a story on on how they made it professional. Um you from Porth Call, uh, Porth Call Comprehensive. Um, how did you get into rugby and and, and uh, what's the journey, mate? That's Wikipedia's finest detail, isn't it? <laughs> um, yeah, so no, I've been very, no, I've been very lucky. Um, the journey flowed pretty well for me in fairness. Um, yeah, I went Porth Call Comp and then got into the regional setup with the Ospreys at under 16s. Um, and like you said earlier, luckily I haven't left here since then. But on the side of that, I was going to Bridgend College. And when I went to the college, I sort of met uh, somebody who was the head coach there called Garth Nicholas, who uh, you'd be aware of. And he just sort of said, like, uh, if you listen to me for the next few years, get the stuff done, I tell you, to get done. Uh, you stand every shot of making it to uh, Wales under 18s. And at the time, I'd just been dropped by Wales under 16s, um, didn't, like, didn't make the final cut. Um, and you were sort of having a bit of bit of a word to yourself going, maybe I'm not good enough, actually. Maybe it's not rugby for me. I'm going to have to have a look at something else. And he just said, oh, like, give it everything. And I promise you that it'll work out for you. And then I literally just 
was full on dedicated from that time. And I was still enjoying, still like, still had the good times with the athletes, still out, we still partying with the Penco College boys, still enjoying that part of it. But um, every time we were training, trying to get something out of it, making sure I was doing extra sessions with him, whatever he said, sort of just did. And everything fell in place pretty quickly after that. Got, uh, got Cap Wales 18s a year early, uh, went straight through uh, to be captain second year of Wales 18s and then went um, 20s, which is very, very lucky. Went to two junior World Cups. Um, and then flowed into the Ospreys career and the only ups and downs have probably been the worries of contract and the injuries and non-selection since. So I've been lucky to stay in the professional game since then, really. Yeah, 100%, mate. Um, obviously, yeah, I uh, touched on Gar Nick there. Um, we probably had two different complete journeys. I went to college, trained about five times and, and uh, partied too much, but where you were the complete opposite, mate, you've always had a good work ethic. Um uh, and been part of some very good teams and, and always been a leader, like you said. You, you've been lucky enough to captain the Ospreys. When you went through the junior systems there, were you captain? You said you captained Wales under 18s. You captained the 20s as well there, Lloyd? Or? Um, I missed uh, 20s. I missed most of my second year 20s. I was out with an ACL injury, come back just in time for last game the Six Nations and the World Cup so I, I definitely I in one game of uh, one of the 20s World Cup games but um, better sort of just as part of the leadership team come in and um, I think Macaulay Cook at the time was captain he was doing, doing a good job so just a bit of support around him and uh, giving him the support that they needed so yeah I was um, being very fortunate to have captained all the, uh, the 18s and 20s at age grade um, but probably the lowest moment of my uh, career as well, captain in the 20s. We lost uh, 93 nil to the All Blacks, so I wasn't, uh, must have the worst record of under 20s wow. captain uh, there's ever been. Really? 93 nil? I can't remember that. Was um, was Treef playing for New Zealand at the time in that yeah. game? Yeah, so that was yeah that was, bit, that was a bit bizarre. Somebody you played Progen Athletic with all the way through your career, won some brilliant games there in Progen Athletic, and then all of a sudden you're lining up against him for uh, when he's playing for New Zealand 20s. Yeah, he, he had a good uh, a, a good journey. I, I, I honestly I haven't spoke to him. I spoke to him about a year ago. Um, the boys were over in New Zealand, but I never actually got a chance to actually ha- see what happened with the rugby there. Did he have to knock on the head injury? Or Yeah, sadly he had a few back concussions, so which is just horrible to see because he was doing so well when I seen him in the 20s. Don't know, obviously know what the journey would have looked like um, after yeah. that over in New Zealand because it's so competitive. But yeah. um, he was surrounded by some superstars in that yeah. team, in fairness to him. So yeah. uh, he was uh, very fortunate, very blessed to be uh, in that talent pool and to, for him to be considered to go to the World Cup and do as well as he did. He's obviously doing a hell of a job. In that 93-0 loss, I'm sure it haunts you, but who was, who was playing in the... In the New Zealand team, a couple of big names, Barrett. Yeah, it was, um, yeah, definitely one of the Barrett brothers were there. Um, Surveyor on one wing, um, Sam Kane, uh, Ritalik, uh, Luatua. Um, wow. Yeah, it were, yeah, the list goes stars. on. So I think we, lo- yeah, I think we looked uh, um, through the team a couple of, about a year ago. And I think at the time, from the start in 15, I think 13 of them have been capped since. So, yeah, it was decent. Uh, Decent team, and we're sort of uh, trying to wipe as many players as we could under the carpet after we come home to uh, try and keep yeah. that score quiet. And they're uh, <laughs> obviously uh, flying from uh, from the success they had. So yeah, no, mate. It's uh, like you said, it's a very competitive over there. They're, for such a small country, they're not short of talent. That's for sure. 
Um, obviously, yeah, you moved on then from the junior mate. How old were you when you signed your first professional contract? Like, we were about 18, 19 there, or? Yeah, I think I was a little bit older than everybody else. I think I went through, um, like a lot of boys, when you sign development contracts, you sort of get halfway through it and then sign a pro deal because of development, probably a, uh, uh, I was developing probably a little bit slower than everyone else. There's also a lot of talent in the second row of the Ospreys at the time. Um, so probably when I think I signed my first contract at either 19 or just turned 20. So um, I was taken away slowly. And you're still just hopeful. And like I said, I had a um, bad ACL injury first um, first World Cup under 18s. You sort of like, oh, sorry, under 20s. And um, you sort of looked through that. And I was like, oh, well, really proud that I managed to make a 20s World Cup. I think it's probably career over with now. Yeah. Um, I remember the surgeon saying about the knee and didn't have a clue really about injuries at the time and sounded pretty bad. And I was like, oh, well, at least I've really loved what I've done up until this point. Um, been very fortunate. We can look back and be proud of uh, the opportunities I've had. Um, but then, obviously, you get a month or two into your rehab and you're going, oh, I'm flying, yeah? This is going really well. Um, Osprey's physios are working with you full-time. You're starting to see what a professional environment's like all the time because you're sort of in and out as a 19-year-old. You like train one or two sessions of the first team and you're back to pretend. Um, you're making sure your other commitments are sorted. Then you're with Wales, 18s or 20s. We haven't really seen, got a really good eye-opener of what a professional environment's like. Then you're starting to see it day in, day out, and you're like, I want to be there. Like, this is what I want. I want um, this around me all the time. I want to be pushed every day. So you start seeing that from a rehab point of view. Then you just push even harder and luckily come back from the ACL. And probably it's probably a really good thing that happened to me when I was so young, the, the injury, and even though I still have problems from different injuries in my knee now, I look back and it, it taught me so much, like enjoy everything you do, make the most of every opportunity because you don't know when it's going to be taken away from you. But also get a life outside of rugby because rugby can be snatched from you pretty quickly, which is really sad to see when you do see people have, uh, have that taken away from them. Yeah, 100%, mate. And obviously... Um... The reason I obviously set the podcast and wanted to get you on, obviously, um, like you said, your mindset changed there from from that one moment. Um, sometimes careers can last for one or two years, but obviously, like yourself, being lucky uh, and, and, and go for a while. But you touched on you've got to have something outside of rugby. Um, before I touch on obviously your life after sport, I just want to continue with the the career there. Obviously, you've been before you went into full-time, I had this conversation with um, Lloyd Evans the other day. What do you think um, the importance was of continuing to play like Premiership Rugby in your development before just jumping from 20s into, into senior professional? Yeah, I think for different players, um, it shows um, it's a different purpose. Like some players are genuinely ready after 20s to go and play pro rugby and you think well done to those people. And like probably as front five, you're probably not quite ready. You need you need a bit, a bit battle-hardened. You need to play against different oppositions. You need to learn that things aren't as easy as they are when you're in youth rugby and you're a little bit bigger than everybody else. <laughs> so those, th- those things are such good lessons um, to learn. And I've been very lucky. I've gone back um, even during my career, later on in my career, only like a year before last, I went back and played a couple of games for Bridgend. 
So I still, if I'm not getting picked here, try and go back. So I think it's so important to play. And I think a big reminder for me, for any professional is, we started playing rugby because we love playing rugby. So don't yeah. just sit around if you've got the opportunity to go and play. Go and play, make the most of it because we are going to be a hell of a long time retired from this game as well. 100%. And that's another conversation that I have had previously with people where, unfortunately, boys are getting dropped out of the 16s or 18s and they don't want to play, be known as playing from for their local second team or they want to be either straight in the first. So, and that's where we're losing a lot of players, unfortunately. And, and that comes down to mindset as well. And, and obviously, um, like you said, you had the mindset of you got dropped from under 16s, obviously playing for Wales. Um, but your goal changed like that and you want, you knew you wanted to make it as a professional. But yeah, that is something in, in rugby that I'd love to see change, you know, just that, that path and the mindset of people saying, if I don't make it a 16, I can still go through that that semi-professional back into the professional environment. Um, yeah, and that's time- the support network as well, Milesy. Like we, if you're lucky enough to, like, pretend ass we're still winning things, you're still really enjoying playing, even though you haven't quite made Wales 18s, oh, sorry, Wales 16s, Ospreys that year, we'd won the, we'd won the cup when I was captain. Um, just going into Bridgen College is really exciting. Like it was seemed like as close to a professional environment as obviously I had seen at that point. So those things around me was I was so fortunate to have those around me, um, yeah. and just and just probably a family that weren't education based either. They just go in, yeah, go and do what you enjoy, like make the most of it, and then see what you need to see what work you can find after that. Like if it yeah. probably wasn't a drive to go, you need to go this, you need to go to university. Um, and it's a balance for everybody. I needed probably that bit of space just to go, yeah, go and do what you want to do. And then we'll work out the rest after after all this goes on. And luckily it turned out pretty well from the support I had around me. And like I said, from winning games with Agenda, winning games at the college, your love for the sport just grows and grows yeah. as well. Those successful years, mate. Um, yeah, you had a pretty successful side for the, for the youth there. Um, you know, make the most enjoyable years probably we've ever had in rugby. Well, me personally, um, you know, you win in, you back to the club, 20, 30 of the boys, um, couple of quiet beers, and and then home early to bed. You know, they were the most enjoyable years, and and you always look back on them now. Do you know what I mean? And I think anyone, no matter what level they've played at, will always look back, and that's why you continue to play the game. Um, obviously, going through the professional, you've been surrounded by. Um, especially in your position, some of the best players in the world. Um, how's the support environment a- around the Ospreys, mate? Like, what's that culture like? Oh, yeah. It's strange and it changes year on year, as in the fact of when you're winning, when you're losing, what mood in camp actually feels like. Uh, we'd had a couple of bad years before going into this season and we're in now. We've had a pretty good season this year. Um, but, like, you're surrounded by good people all the time. So even when you are at the lows, you've got somebody to put an arm around you. When you're at the high, you've got somebody to keep you a bit grounded. Um, you've got those battles constantly. Like you said about world-class players in my position, like all the way through my career, I've always been in a battle just to get, whether it's on the bench, to get a start here and there. Like I'm always battling back and forth to try and get an arm match day 23, which is brilliant for me because you're never, like you're always on your toes. You're always got to be a little bit better every day because you know you won't get another opportunity otherwise. So I'm very fortunate there. But like you ask about people, like I've met so many unbelievable people uh, and the Ospreys, people who I get to call uh, lifelong friends, people who I know, um, even if I don't speak too often, I can pick up the phone, just ask for a bit of advice, um, have a bit of support off. So yeah, I'm very fortunate there. And it's funny now, see, we've got a board in the in their um, 
just up by the changing rooms that shows all the players have been capped and now seeing how many people have been capped since I had my first one is really uh, yeah. is really funny to think wow have I been here that long already and seeing people come in and out all the time and you're going yeah I have been here a while now and then you start looking around I remember somebody saying to me years ago saying um, I'm 25 already I can't believe I'm 25 already and I was like, I got years to go to that. And now I'm looking back at that conversation at 30 thinking, how did I ever think that? Yeah, yeah, time flies, mate. Time flies. So obviously, um, we touched on this earlier, living with Lloyd Ashley. Um, how many years has that been up and going now, Lloyd? Yeah, so I, I opened the actual business um, March last year. So just, just over a year. Um, obviously, in the UK, we've been... Uh, under lockdown for nearly all of that. So um, it worked out pretty well as in giving time to build the business. Uh, it's built around uh, mental health and well-being. So it's um, sadly is needed much more at the moment than it's ever been needed. So, And people are starting to see it as a priority. So it's coming at a good time from that point of view, but obviously a bad time uh, from the point of view of not being able to get face-to-face with people and the worries and the anxieties that people have got with their health, uh, with everything going on with the virus as well. Yeah, as as people that are listening to this or people that know you, mate, they'll know you're obviously a very supportive and open person. Um, just talking in this conversation, everything has been turned into a positive. What was what was the reasoning behind, and how did Lloyd Ashley all uh, living well with Lloyd Ashley all start? Um, it started from a couple of different things. It started from uh, a couple of years ago. I didn't really know what to do on the side of a rugby. Started thinking about teaching, and then. Um, somebody said, oh, what about doing um, a course in school for us? Um, a local company um, called Apollo Teacher, and they do um, their recruiters for uh, supply teachers. And they said, what about going into our schools and delivering courses? Started doing that and for them, just working with them a little bit. And I thought, oh, I love doing this. love going in and out of school. So started looking how I can get my qualifications done from a teaching point of view. Um, so I went, went on then to do my lecturing qualifications. Instead of teaching, I couldn't fit in time-wise around rugby, but I could do my lecturing qualifications. So I could work with 16 to 18-year-olds or anybody uh, post-compulsory education, which was, which was fantastic. But at the time, I was looking at other stuff to do. I went to do an introduction to counselling course. Yeah. Um, absolutely fell in love with the fact that we ask people so many closed questions. We don't open the conversation enough. We don't put enough support around people. And I was blown away by that. And I was like, I've always tried to support people, but never really known how to ask the right questions or give them the safe space to speak. So a combination of all those things then got me around to come an ambassador for a, a Welsh mental illness charity called Havel. And then I thought, ah, oh, like there's so much I've learned from rugby, from teaching, from being an ambassador for Havel. Like, why can't I put something together um, that delivers all these things to schools, to rugby clubs? Um, so I started floating this idea to a couple of people, then become a lead for mental health and well-being for the Welsh Rugby Players Association. Went on to do like my first aid for mental health instructor's qualification so I can teach that qualification. Um, and then put a schools program together around, which has been really well accepted by so many different schools and colleges already um, and is growing at the moment. So, yeah, it was just a combination of all those things. And then I thought to myself, oh, like last year during lockdown, I was like, oh, why don't I do an Instagram for this? And then thought, so I did a, did my Living Well for Lloyd, uh, Living Well with Lloyd Ashley Instagram page. Um, and then just got so many people involved in the conversation around mental health. I'm still obviously... For males, um, I know it's changing slowly, and I know like out in Australia, you've got the it's not weak to speak um, 
motto going on. But obviously, there's still a taboo and still uh, stigmas around men speaking about mental health. So just trying to help break that down and have the conversation. And I've been really surprised, Malzi, like I'm sure you have sat, setting up this, how many people have got back to me, how many people have got involved in the conversation. So it's been fantastic from that point of view as well. Yeah, mate, 100%. And I think, and I, mate, I... I I never talk about it and, and, I, and I never have, but I find it so, so much easier now to talk about mental health, not just saying with your business, but I, I'll actually, is it Stevie Ward, mate of Ollie Olds, he is a rugby league player, right? He went yeah, through concussion. As well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And never met the bloke in my life. Um, followed his journey. Obviously, I've had a couple of bad concussions where I probably missed about yeah eight months, no rugby, you know, no, I couldn't go to work and I was in a really, really dark place. Probably the only person I ever spoke to about was Thea, do you know what I mean? And that was a struggle. And then the more people started talking about it, I, you know, I, I messaged that Stevie out of the blue and just thanked him and just said, look, I, I can have that conversation now, do you know what I mean? And, and I think more people are doing it. Here I am talking to you about it now, that we're knowing that loads of people are going to listen to it. So I think the importance is absolutely massive, mate, and, uh, and what you're doing is brilliant. Yeah, I think like Stevie, uh, like Stevie's class book, he, I remember he got involved in four questions with for me uh, when I was uh, when I was setting up my living well. And um, he got involved and said, like, sent his videos across me to upload. And then about an hour after he sent his videos across, he rang me and said, oh, oh, man, I just wanted to find out a little bit more about what you're doing. I was like, I was answering the call. I was thinking, oh, he's rung on accident. He's just... He hasn't meant to do it. And then he's like, oh, no, I said in my videos, and it's a big point to me, is about connecting to people. It's really important to me. And I thought it was important just to give you a ring, just to see how you were doing. And like now constantly back and forth with each other about different ideas, different things he's doing, different things I'm doing, what we can do together. Like I've been, we did a live podcast, I did a live podcast with him last year for World Mental Health Day. And, that, and then you start realizing like how many, how many, good people there are yeah, and sometimes we lose sight of things and sometimes when we're going through our own struggles whether whether it's with injuries whether it's for, with family life whether it's worrying about contracts you think you're the only person going through it and then yeah. you start actually mentioning what's going on to somebody and somebody's like oh I feel exactly the same as that this has been going on and you feel better from just having that conversation and there is going to be times we need to seek professional help and support um, if things get too far but most of the time we just need to actually share our problems, have a conversation and be supportive to each other. And even listening to somebody else's story, you feel so much more empowered by it because you're like, they trusted me to say that. Like, even that's picked me up. Yeah, 100%, mate. And, and yeah, like you said, just having that conversation can make uh, both parties just feel so much better. Um, obviously, living well with Lloyd Ashley, you just touched on the four questions. I seen, um, obviously, a year in, you did your four I avoided listening to it myself, um, as I'd like to ask those four questions on you, if possible, mate. So, um, obviously, I know some people will listen, but hopefully we'll have a bit of a, another audience on you. So, I'll ask the four questions that are asked on Living Well with Lloyd Ashley. So, first question, mate, a career highlight for you. I think we've touched on it, but um, what was the career highlight for yourself, mate? Career highlight for me has got to be Marzi captain the Ospreys first time. Um Really proud of the fact I got to 100 games and 50 games, those milestones, and hopefully get to 150 soon. But the opportunity to captain your region the first time was like fantastic. It's your home, your home region. I remember running out to the Liberty and thinking to myself, like, thank you to everybody who's put in the work to get me to this point. 
And it was one of those moments that like you enjoy, your family enjoy. And I had a lot of messages from old coaches and stuff who were like really proud and landed and then sort of puts it together. You're like, I've loved my rugby up until this point, but I've really, really, yeah. really proud of getting to this milestone as well. So that's got to be my career highlight. Yeah, I can imagine, mate. I can imagine that feeling running out there. Um, second one, why is it important to talk about mental health, right? Uh, the most important reason for me is we've all got mental health and like we sort of speak about mental health as if it's something happens if we're in crisis or something's really bad. Like mental health is with us every day, whether whether we're in a good mood, whether we're in a bad mood, whether something's happened, whether something hasn't happened. We've always got mental health with us and we're all going to face tough times. And whether that's, um, like I said, through work, through family stuff, through individual stuff, or through you're not really sure what's going on and you're just in a constant low mood and things just don't seem to be going well. There's so many different things that can affect our mental health. And the fact we don't speak about it and think that it's an individual thing to deal with is the reason why we have got an issue around it and why we are sadly losing so many young men to suicide because we've got a stigma about not speaking about it. We've got a We've got to find a way out of our own things. We're all going to show resilience at some point, but we don't need to, by doing that, we don't need to put our life on hold and start putting ourselves not through just mental health issues to mental mental illness. And I think it's a big thing at the moment that we're not understanding there's a huge difference in mental health and mental illness. Yeah, exactly. And, and I, could you touch on that briefly? It's just the, the difference there, like between mental, like you said, everybody has mental health. And from what I'm understanding there, obviously, is mental health, if we can break the stigma and talk about it, that is a big difference from what an actual mel- mental illness is. Is that what you're saying yeah. there? Yeah, there's a there's a huge difference. And mental illness is when we've struggled with poor mental health or um, a, a poor emotional control for a long time where we're getting diagnosed, whether it's depression, anxiety, um, whether it's uh, PTSD, whether it's OCD, like they are mental illnesses. We're, we're all going to struggle at times with low moods. We're going to feel probably depressed at times where where we're in quite a depressive mood. But if we're not going through this for a long period of time and oh, we haven't seeked uh, support from a doctor, we, we might not actually be in depression or, or we might not actually have anxiety. So it's always worth finding out um, from a doctor and seeking professional support before we're diagnosing ourselves with uh, mental illnesses. And just understanding that life will give us those ups and downs in our mental health. Yeah. And as long as we've got a support network around us and people we're willing to speak to, Hopefully, we don't go as far down the line of being diagnosed with uh, mental illness as well. Exactly. And if you've got that support group around you with family and friends that are happy and open to talking about it, then uh, obviously it makes it a lot easier for everybody. Um, uh, Now, number four was, what do you do to look after your mental health? Um, So, to look after my well-being, what do I, I do lots of different things. So, like... Uh, like I was saying earlier, the balance between rugby and life outside of rugby is the biggest thing for me. So, like, I love doing my job. I'm really lucky that I can't say that, um, like, not everybody has that. But I am very fortunate there. But then the other things, I, I love being outside. Like, I've got twin girls, nine months old. They're a nightmare in the house at times, so pushing them around in the pram. Lucky I live by the seaside, so getting down by the sea. Um, I love cold water therapy, so I've got like a, I'm a nice barrel out the back garden or, or I'm in the sea as much as I can. Not, not a brilliant swimmer, but 
don't mind dipping in. The sea's obviously not as uh, warm uh, here in Wales, mostly, as you know, as it is with you in Australia. So yeah. it's a little bit different. So um, love doing that. I'm very lucky. I've got a family around me who love spending time with, whether, whether it's with my, in, my in-laws, my parents. My, I'm lucky I've got a, a great group of mates around yeah. me that I've been with from Bridgend Athletic days. So, yeah, yeah I've, got, I've got a nice balance. And obviously that... Um, also, my work with the Welsh Rugby Players Association, my work with Living Well with Lloyd Ashley, that, that's huge for my well-being as well, going places, enjoying meeting new people. Exactly. And luckily, my wife from afar gets to support all these things for me. To, so I get this balance of doing uh, lots of different things and then try and be around as much as I can in the house as well. Yeah, awesome, mate. That's awesome. Um, now, a question for myself. How should you approach somebody... If you can see, if you have a feeling um, that they they may be struggling a little bit with mental health, um, yeah, this is a, this is one that um, yeah definitely wanted to ask. Yeah, you'll see the signs and symptoms, and that's probably like what you're saying. You're picking up whether somebody's not answering your texts, or they maybe they're around all the time, and all of a sudden now they don't want to turn up for different things. So there'll be signs and symptoms that you you notice from people you know around you. Um, and then it's just pick the biggest things for me is pick a safe space. Don't if you're in front of all the group of boys and your mates there, and you're thinking something's going on, don't say to them, "Oh, come on, mate, get on with it." Like, what's yeah. going on? But that that's not that's not a safe space to speak. So maybe whether whether it's somebody from your rugby club or whether it's someone from work, just saying, "Oh, mate, should we just go and grab a coffee after training?" Yeah, that's a huge one. A big big one for me is like we might not have the answers for somebody, but don't be scared to ask the questions. So just ask, "How are you doing, mate? Is there anything going on? I've noticed this. If it's just the two of you and you're showing support, um, I'm sure it's going to be easier for them to open up. And even if they don't open up, they might say. Yeah, mate, I got a bit going on, but I don't I don't feel comfortable speaking about it at the moment. Yeah. And then all of a sudden that person knows when they do feel comfortable, they've got you to come and speak to. Um, another one for me is don't have your phone in front of you. Don't be like, oh, should we have a quick coffee? I got 10 minutes for you. Like, yeah. I know we've all got busy lives, but try and drop whatever you've got going on for something. Show somebody that uh, it's important to them. Uh, what you're gonna do and you, you spending time with them is important. Yeah. Um, so they've got that time from you. And then uh, also a big one for me is like just remind that person there's ongoing support and don't say like the old if you need me text me because it's hard for somebody to say I need you now like text you but just keep checking in with that person just being like neither I don't mean every time this you're okay now you're right now you're right now <laughs> but like the day after saying mate really enjoyed having a coffee the yesterday it's good to catch up we haven't had time like that for ages should we make sure we do it again in a couple of days yeah, 100%, mate. 100%. And those little things. So if we could pick up those little things and do those things for each other, I think we'd be a lot more supportive. And then all of a sudden you're checking in with that person in front of the people because they're comfortable saying, just giving you the nod, just saying, yeah, well, good, thanks, mate, because they know you've shared those moments together as well. Yeah, exactly, mate. I, see, I sometimes feel that um, when you're down, you feel like nobody wants to listen to your problems, do you mean? But um, as we've had these conversations throughout the whole thing, that... Um, the easier and more we talk about it, the, the more normal, um, if that's the right word, uh, mental health is. Well, I guess normal because everybody has it. Yeah, and I'm sure, Maz, you've had a time where somebody's told you something in confidence and you've supported the confidentiality of what they've said to you. And you've come away from there, even though you're the one only listening, you felt like a lot better the fact that that person's trusted you to speak yeah. about it. 
So if we remember, if we remember that from the point of view of that, if it's us got something going on, I remember when somebody else told me something, they re- like they felt better from hearing and listening, or or vice versa, and it just creates a much more positive environment, and the people feel they don't have to get to crisis point before they say something. Yeah, hundred percent, mate. Nah, no, awesome. And last one from me, mate, is um. What is what is the goal? My dog's going mad, but there now the goal um, for living well with Lloyd Ashley. Um, what's the future plans with him, mate? Or, or just that? What what is the why and, and final outcome for it, mate? The why is so that we're having those conversations normal, so we're not saying um, let's speak about mental health because it's just part of checking in with people every day and just how they're feeling. That we don't even have to mention as mental health. We just care about the human. And the human being first, so we don't have to have the taboo around the subject. So that's definitely the why and what yeah. what we want to get to. And the way of getting to that from my personal point of view is with the schools program that I got going on, try and get that in as many schools as possible. Uh, carrying on the work with the Welsh Rugby Players Association with the academy program that we've got. Um, so hopefully we break down the stigma with men going into professional sport. And then just carry on those conversations around and being... At the times, you've got to stick your head above the water and say, like, put yourself out there and do certain things. And the more people we have doing that, the the normal the normalization of conversation will happen and everybody will take part in it. And we are getting closer to that point. And hopefully we carry on getting to the point where people don't have to wait till crisis before they start speaking about things because people don't need to go that far before they know that there's support around them. Perfect. Uh, obviously, just with you touching base with schools, there. What, what age? What age are you starting to have this conversation with people, Lloyd? Um, I'm targeting 16 to 18 um, miles either most because that's the that's the time where for men, especially for young men, especially where responsibility feels like it gets thrown at them, um, and they have to decide. They have to know what they want to do. They have to be this whatever a man means. They have to be that person. So just that that's the age I'm targeting at the moment. And hopefully if we normalize it at that age, we can start working to 14 to 16 year olds and build it all the way through. And in fairness, uh, in Wales, that well-being is part of the curriculum now in primary schools. Awesome. Um, so hopefully the conversation starts from a young age, just a reminder that young men can be as frustrated as uh, young girls and have those conversations and actually say how they feel as well. Ah, perfect, mate. Um yeah, awesome. Thank you for being uh, so transparent, Lloyd. Um, a bit of a, some deep conversations there, but mate, um, if I can, we can help one person that's listening to this conversation, listen to this podcast, um, I've definitely got the outcome that I was looking for, mate. So thanks heaps for your time. Um, like I said at the beginning, congratulations on signing another two years with the Ospreys. Um, an awesome career, and and hopefully you sign another contract and living well with Lloyd Ashley continues to grow, mate. Yeah, let's hope so, mate. And thank you for the time. Good to check in with you. And uh, you know where I am anytime as well, mate. Yeah, legend. Cheers, bro. Take it easy, brother. Hey, guys. Um, if you're still listening, big thanks. I hope you enjoyed. This podcast is brought to you by Goosey Sports for all of your team wear needs. Um, please like, share, and spread the word about this podcast so we can keep it going and keep growing. Thanks again. Bye.